welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. We're, we're on. I was talking about how dirty my keyboard is. I got to clean it. Just saying. What's up, everybody? My name is C.J. Reynolds. And uh, you made it. You made it to uh, maybe, maybe the end of your spring break. Maybe the beginning of your spring break. I'm not really sure. Um, or if you're Laura Green, maybe you made it to the beginning of your new life because you're just going to live like on the Gulf Coast for the rest of your life now. Um, and that, that could be it. So the uh, I am at the beginning of my spring break. This is like, so I have all planned not out. Really. Not really. Not really. Spring break doesn't start till Friday, technically. Spring break starts today. This is like so. Like. Sorry. Oh, I can hear myself. Um, so. Uh, Here's the gig. If you've not been here before, first of all, welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, my name is CJ Reynolds. I run this YouTube channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. And what Real Rap with Reynolds is, was initially was me running a YouTube channel. And then I put out, you know, I provide services and, and videos and all kinds of other stuff, um, which find themselves, their ways in some pretty peculiar situations. I just found out the other day that um, Penn, University of Pennsylvania, right, Ivy League school, uses my videos in their courses for their students to get masters. What? Like, I don't even have a man. I went to Camden County College. Now I'm a part of the curriculum. It's um, just kind of just crazy. But what, what this really is, is a community of educators, right? Um, I think that, you know, what, what we believe really is that uh, that teaching is a communal activity. And so, um, you know, all you have to do to know that is just read James Pete's uh, a mug. And so, you know, this idea that this is not something we can do alone. So what we do is we show up every Sunday as a collective act to like be there, not just for ourselves, not just get help for ourselves, right? Like that's part of it. If you have a question, put it in the comment section with a cue or a question next to it, or follow the link in the description below. You can come on here and talk to me live, but it's also to show up and help other people, right? It is that act of giving and, and, uh, in which we in, in giving we receive, right? Uh I think that was I think that was St. Francis, my homie, yeah, but I can't remember. And you're doing something sometimes I just pretend I'm talking to you. I know. <laughs> I know you're doing something else and it's fine. But when I get my mannequin, um maybe he could be on the show and I'll talk. That's not a bad idea. You should just have him sit right here with you. I have a mannequin. It's sitting in my Amazon cart because I don't want to order it and then just have it sit in my house because that could lead You'll drive your wife nuts. I might actually do that. It's only sixty eight dollars. For a full-size mannequin of, like, come on, just thousand. All right, we don't even go there. But anyway, what we're doing is showing up as a community to like work through the week, try and figure out how do you come back from spring break, how do you finish out this year, how do you go into the week before spring break, um, and and that's what we're doing. So if you ask a question, don't be surprised if like a whole bunch of people answer your questions on the side. If this isn't enough for you. If your question doesn't get answered, if you have more you want to dig in, you can go right to our Facebook group. Real rap with Reynolds, uh, or it's, uh, what, what's, there's so many things. There's so many versions. Yeah. Teacher talk community. Just go right to, uh, Facebook and you can type in real rap with Reynolds teacher talk there. And then that's just another Avenue for you to kind of get the answers, the support, the love that you need. And I'd say it's about 95% awesome in there all the time. There's some static in there sometimes, but we're people, you know what I mean? And that's what just happens to people. It's about not about staying away from difficult conversations. It's about learning how to lean into difficult conversations going on offense instead of defense so that we're winning and we're not being afraid of, of, of the outcome, but we are learning, constantly learning and growing human beings. Ready? Yeah. James Pete's up first. James Pete, I'm about to beam you in. I wish that were true. We need to have that tech. Didn't you think we'd have that technology by now? Which one? The beaming thing? Yeah, man. Well, you, yeah. Then spring break would start now. Anyways. Some, can, some comedian. Oh, there we go. Product placement. <laughs> um, somebody said, some comedian a million years ago was like, um, how we get so uptight about like internet speed, right? Like the fact that like how fast you can find out anything is bonkers right when like you used to have to go to the library and like ask someone go through the the card calendar calendar yeah dude it's bonkers i so i i tell my kids that all the time like i'm like okay so we're gonna do a report pull out your ipads and i said let me i had to order funk and wagnos first of all how about that for a name funk and wagnos every time i'd yeah. say it as a kid i'd snicker <laughs> but um <laughs> you know you i and if it if heaven forbid your report was like X, 
and you were like on S because you got a, a an encyclopedia one encyclopedia a month. God, I got to wait until January of two years from now to do my report. Right. <laughs> I'm waiting on the information. Yeah, dude, it's so nuts, man. Like, even when I think about how uh, I always try and remind myself of this, like when I, you know, I, Wayne Dyer said this years ago where he was like, whenever I get delayed, a flight delayed, I try not to get pissed off because I think like it took my ancestors three months to get to California. It takes me four and a half hours. Like, and even if I'm sitting here for a day, even if I get delayed till tomorrow, it's still like, come on, bro. Like, it's just so nuts. Um, I, we have not- a 7-Eleven talk in my classroom all the time. Like, you know, to get to the 7-Eleven in 1820 would have taken you two days. Yeah. And then the only thing they would have had there is grain and like guns and leather chaps. Yeah. And now you can get basically, now you can get microwave burritos. Like, come on. <laughs> it's a meal in a bag. Come on, kid. Uh, oh, it was, it was one, the city. We have yes. the, we're trying to have the door open because it's nice out. Um, but then there's like by. police cars and people yelling and it's like, Never mind. <laughs> it's like, sounds like urban soundtrack behind me is what it sounds like. It, it's good to know it's nice there. Like I'm on the other side of the state and it literally looks like there's a hurricane coming off of Lake Erie right it's now. Right. But it's really warm today. Like yesterday was fantastic right and so i i didn't come inside all day i was outside all day yesterday and then um like today it was raining but it's still like it's warm enough and like i don't i need more it's not raining right now so we shoved all the kids outside we had an epic sleepover last night we had ice cream and the whole nobody got up till 10 yeah we digress what's going on side note check your cart always because i ordered a pair of sneakers last week and my wife called me and said, can you explain to me why I just got a bag of wigs and these mouth things? I ordered, you know those things that like make you talk funny, like that one game where you have to say oh, the yeah, yeah, like opens your mouth up? Yeah. I apparently had a a bag of 20 of those in my cart and a bag of wigs. So I ordered a bag of wigs, those mouth guards, and a pair of sneakers. So there you go. So at some point you're going to get that mannequin, whether you want to or not. You know, I think George Carlin said, like, sometimes it's fun to just go to the food store and just have, like, random ass stuff. Like, get some duct tape, cotton balls, alcohol, and razor blades. That's it. And then, then, like, see what they think. Like, that. I got a bag of wigs and some mouth things. What's going on there? Whoever was packing your order was really confused. What's your spring break like? What's going on? Oh boy, there anyway. you go. I guess I don't have any questions. That, no, I do. I have I, more of a statement or anything. Yeah. Um, first of all, welcome to the Danielson model. I've been doing it for ten years, but I'm an old pro. You should have called me. I know what. <laughs> um, any, any model, right? That's um, a whole conversation. Well, we're gonna do this Danielson model, and you're like, oh, yeah. there's there's a two days of work. All right. Um, so my my year, I, all of our years have been so complicated and. Um, I realized this past week as I was sort of defending the school current school plan of staying hybrid for the rest of the year to the school board, of just how complex like our stakeholders are. And, um, you know, like CJ, when you think about like all of your kids and all of the parents and your administration and um, how many rights there can be in a school year, you know, our right isn't always right. Um, like, how do you deal like... D- like, how do you deal with, like, not having the visor of of thinking that what we say is always right? You know, like, because I defended our stance. School board unanimously voted for my stance. And I was sitting at home the other day thinking there are parents who probably really needed us to do a different plan. And they were probably just as right as I was in their own way. Yep. And it's just been wearing me down. Like, these are the things I guess you think of in, in month 13 of a pandemic. But like, how do you like, like, what are your, what are your suggestions with? I know your, your past few weeks have been extremely complex. Yeah. Um, so I just, the, the complexities of that, like we have kind of a singular profession where these complexities are very much different than any other job. I think first we note that, you know, we're, we're looking at this wrong, like as a collective, right? Like, like, as like that, that, but that's what, that's what, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be this guy, but we'll, we'll, we'll go here. That's what like bureaucracies do is they try to like take what's the best plan for everyone. And then we, but we pretend that it's for everyone. It's not for everyone. Right. It's like, there's so many, there's so many complex layers to what we're doing. So what we're trying to do is simplify 
complexity and it's, and I think it's doable, but not in the way that we're trying to do it. Right. So like, and we saw this last year when we started going, when everyone went virtual last year, it was like, dude, we could, we could, this could be awesome. This could so much good stuff could come out of this. Like, let's shake it up. Let's change the education system. Let's, let's create pathways and pipelines for students to be the students that, that, you know, that they, you know, like want to be or, or need to be, or, or could be. But then we just, instead what we tried to do was like take this model and we like shoved it into the virtual world. And then we're like, it's not working. It doesn't work. Like, take the turkey out of the microwave. Like this is like, you know, I know initially they told us we could make turkeys and microwaves for people that are old enough. There was a setting doesn't work. And so <laughs> it's like, there was a setting. Oh my gosh. I remember. Yeah. yeah that was like the thing was like the microwave was going to be like, it was not for hot pockets. It was for like, no, you can make whole, you can make a whole dinner, your pot roast and your turkey way of the future. <laughs> and we got stuck there some way and we're still putting turkeys and microwaves, man. And it's like, we can't. So, I think it really like, I think it takes teacher voice. I, I, I truly believe that teachers have been told it's that it's that part from the poem that I love speak when spoken to and then are never spoken to. But if folks really like raise their voice, remember that they're professionals, remember who they stand for, who they're, what, that they're important. I think things could change, right? I think that enough people saying something, doing something could change. That That's one thing. I think the way that's going to happen, though, is all it's always guerrilla warfare. Like, you know, they can they can come up with the battle plan for the year. They can come out how this is all going to work out. And they're, you know, whoever like, you know, my my vision of education sometimes is like people sitting there looking at like the the table and they're moving the figures around like, OK, we're going to move in here and then we'll take over here. And then we'll, it's like battleship risk and risk the, for teachers. Yeah. But then you're on the ground and it's yeah. like. You see the kid that like sleeps all the time in class and you're not sure how to engage with them. You're seeing the kid that just won't do anything but dismantle his pencil, figure out how to use it for a weapon or his pen. And then um, it's like, we have to figure out a way to deal with or engage with that child. The child who's like just lost a parent, the kid who's in foster care, the kid that like doesn't understand school and just thinks that he's dumb, but he doesn't know that he's low key dyslexic and he can't figure that out. Like it's us figuring those things out. So I think what happens is when these giant you know, initiatives are taking place. We just have to communicate to students and to their parents. Look, I know this is what's going on. Let me know what you need. And we're going to figure it out together as a team. And then you and your team at your school go like, if admin wants to be a part of that, if you have a great admin, maybe they're willing to say, all right, we all know what's happening over here on the board or in the district or whatever. How are we really handling it? It's the people that stay after the meeting that go, that was interesting. Um, all right, what now are we going to do? Because yep. there's, there's two parts. There are the folks that are going to the bar afterwards and they're just talking trash and they're talking about this is so stupid and how can they do this and they don't know what's going on. And the people that are going and going, all right, that was not a good decision. It was kind of dumb. How do we help kids win and families win anyway? I think it's yep. having those conversations. That's where the real leaders come up and teachers are leaders. Um, yes. Because leadership is really just influence. It's people yep. that are in, that are people of influence, and that's what educators are. So it's like influencing your circle to help figure out those little things to let families know. I know what you heard. Just know right. you're not being left alone. We're going to do everything in our power to help your kid find success. And I think that's we've how we figure out. We've got to figure out a way to create that person. You you mentioned something about us being the professionals, and I think the one the one hang up over. My, the course of my career, the 22 years I've taught has been, we've rarely been taught or treated as the professionals in our profession. Um, it's, it's the people who make the big bucks who are the professionals, even though they don't really know about it. So I think trying to figure out ways to do what you're doing here and kind of growing a voice that not only carries to teachers, but also carries to the students and carries to maybe not necessarily your administration, but to um, all the people in your community. So, all right, man, I don't want to take up all your time. I don't want this to be the Jim and CJ show. So, you know, it does sound like we could be have a morning show. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. All right. I'm out. See you guys. Um, to that end, I'm just, you know, that makes me think of like, when you do have strong administration, like I'm going to shout my man out, uh, Dr. Noah Tennant, who is the assistant, um, one of the assistant superintendents in Philadelphia school district is like one of the greatest leaders I've ever worked for. If not the greatest leader I've ever worked for in my life. Um, cause he did treat teachers like professionals. He did back you no matter what, 
Like you could a hundred percent screw up. Don't go in on this because um, Stephanie Shook right. is going to ask her a question about leadership. Okay, um, okay. that will be great. So let's start with um, Scott is asking a question. He is Ordway? asking, "Yep, how do you decide what to finish by the end of the day and what to push until the next day to tackle?" Ooh, that's oh, a great question that oh, we've been chatting about recently. Right, let me just put the water down because we're going to have this conversation. Um, Scott, I think I prep for my day. So look, look, this is like, and you know, not everyone likes this answer because um, it requires being extra. Um, for me to be the best that I can be, I have to wake up early. Right. So like lately it's been 6 a.m. because of the time change. And like that was kicking my butt. And I've been uh, I take CBD oil to help me sleep. And I've been taking too much. And I just wake up and I'm like, this guy, I'm like, what's going on? You think you would have learned so, this lesson? You already did this. Oh, like man, where you I already had that whole too much. Problem, right. <laughs> um, but so anyway, like that, that's that helps me get really like I'm really like I try to make my sleep the best possible sleep that I can anyway. So that leads to my morning routine. My morning routine, part of it is figuring out what needs to happen for the day. I can only pick like three to five big things, mostly three big things I need to get done for the day, right? So on Friday, that was, I wanted to clear my Real Wrap with Reynolds email and clear my school email. And then I had something else. I forget what it was because I was like three days ago, which in COVID time basically means it was two months ago. Um, I, so that, that was it for the day. Um, so the, one of the questions I ask myself is if this, if these were the only three things I got done today, would I be happy with that? Right. And I have, and, and it has, so I have to find the thing that it's like, if this is the thing, then that's what I'm going to do. The other stuff is then putting the other things on a calendar. Like I love lists. I love calendars. I love like, um, what we've been talking a lot about is automating our life more. So like, how much can I put on automation where it's like, if, when am I checking my email every day? Right. Like systematizing, having a rhythm, having a routine in your life. And, um, so I check my email at eight, about eight 30 every morning. And then I check it again around two 15 every day. Every day. That's what I do. So I don't touch email. I'm not in there. If someone emails me, I don't get it until later. Everyone knows this. I try and communicate this with people that this is when I check it. I've even gone so far as to start crafting an away message so that as soon as you email me, you know that like, hey, I only check my email this two times a day and I don't check it on the weekend. So if, like, just so you're mindful that you're not sitting there waiting for me to get back to you. Um, and so I try to do that with everything in my life. So every morning it's, do I have three sometimes five things if they're not that time consuming on my list that I'm going to get done that day. So that doesn't seem like much, but that's like three big items every day for five days a week, at least. And I work six days a week. I don't work on Saturdays. So like six, that's 18 big items. That's a lot of my list, man. That like really clears things off. I think people underestimate. Off. You think that you have to get like tons of done during a day. I remember talking to a mom friend about this when we both had little kids and when we were both in like straight momhood, you know, toddlers, diapers, yeah. like busyness, play dates, all of that. Those little creatures are, are busy little creatures. And I remember it's like, how do you get anything else done? And I remember saying like, I, I really literally pick three things I want to accomplish that day or what do I want to focus on? Um, and that really helps to actually whittle down your list. Cause then it doesn't feel so overwhelming. Then you're yeah. actually able to start checking things off. And if you have a really big project, I think that's going to take like an hour, like our, like a few hours to figure out. I think it's okay to even say, Nope, this is the only thing the that thing. I'm going to yeah. accomplish today. But if you can get it done and check it off of your list, it's huge. Yeah. So I use a five minute journal every morning. Um, that's how I try and like, um, uh, coordinate my day. And it has like, what are three things you want to get done today? And then I put those three things on there. Um, and then there's a ton more stuff that I get done in a day, but it's because it's automated too. So I'm, I'm constantly doing that. So anyway, that's where we're at. Okay. Our next question is from Chris Carson and I can't find it in the thing. So I'm just going to ask it. Uh, Chris is asking, CJ, how's your spirit? I think that's a great question. That's a great, you can tell Chris is a former pastor. I love it. Former official pastor. Current still pastor um that's a great question man uh i am man you know i have really been 
going back and forth lately with a lot of stuff. Um, I feel overwhelmed. I feel uh, like there's too much to do than I than I can do in a day. To, to Scott Orbay's point, um, I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on. Like, you know, I, I forget that. Like, so we had a young man that was killed about two weeks ago in from our school, uh, one of our current students, and I forget that like how much that affects me, even though like I can kind of, I seemingly bounce back from it more. It's like being really mindful of that, uh, of like the, the effect that has um, later. And I, I don't think that we all do that too much. I think like, you know, part of it is like being a parent. You just know that like, you know, you got to just keep going. You got to keep doing stuff. Like last night we had an epic sleepover. Like we built a fort. We get this stuff that I recommend for teachers. It's friggin' awesome. It's called Fort Magic. Um, it's essentially PVC pipes with all these connector pieces. And we made over the Samsung board that I got, 85-inch Samsung TV. We, uh, I don't know if you can really see this, but, like, we created this epic fort, like, over top of the TV. So the kids, like, all laid in there and watched a movie last night. And it was awesome. Um, that stuff still has to happen. I didn't feel like doing that last night. I was, like, I was ready to just chill. I went to watch TV, and it was late, and I had been outside all day. Um, that stuff still has to happen. So it is, my spirit is up and down lately, but here's what I'm learning is that, and I was just listening to a podcast about this the other day. Um, the, what I'm thinking about a lot lately is like, I can directly, directly connect my life when it hits like a valley, when I'm, when I'm getting hit with something, right. When I'm like, it's like you're high and then you're low. Like, cause I feel like Life is like this, right? Those lows feel really low when I'm not exercising, when my diet's not on point, when I'm not making myself get up early in the morning, when I'm not putting in time with myself, when I'm not, like when I know I need a break, but I just keep going hard, 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 hard. When I know there's a week when I'm really tired and I don't take the Sabbath day or take a day off from school and I just keep pushing and grinding and pushing and grinding, it kicks my ass, man. And so that's one of the things I'm learning. And so what right now, um, what I'm going to start working on this afternoon is um, trying to automate more of my life, trying to have some very clear plans and goals and things that I'm trying to get done so that I, so that it's not like, uh, you know, waves are just hit me in the face. It's like, no, I'm ready for this. Like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get down. And so my plan for school for the week is already all mapped out. Like I'm ready to go and I feel good about that. My Some of my plans for spring break are really mapped out and what I'm going to do for that. Plans for the rest of the year. Like it's like, but it's, it's the planning. It's the, it's the Jocko Willing quote I of discipline. For anybody out there who's listening that hates that answer also, that it's not easy for you to do. I am that person. And like, I think like planning, scheduling, automating all the stuff. And I think what I'm seeing now is that like, there is a really a big need for it. If you don't schedule it, it doesn't get done. It is the thing that you go three weeks, four weeks passes by and you didn't yeah. do it. And you're like, Oh crap. And then you just beat yourself up. And, but it's like, if you really sit down, we're literally after this, like our whole afternoon is to automate our whole personal life and like really like, okay, these are days that the house is going to get clean. These are days that like we are dedicating just to kids, just to family, just to like friends or whatever, like these built in yeah. prescribed times. I just, and I think even I if hate people doing don't, all of that, but I just if, know it's beneficial. But even if works. people don't like that to the level in which I am excited about doing it, that's fine. But I just think like, you know, but on some level, doing that is helpful. Like the Jocko Willing quote I was going to say is discipline equals freedom. And that when you 100%. know what you have to do every day, it's part of your rhythm, right? It's like, I don't even like the, one of the words. I still hate the answer. We're I'm trying just going to tell you like, but I, I just like, don't hate that answer. <laughs> I love that idea of like, Alex Hodgstein says that. He said, he said to me one time, he goes, our family doesn't really work with a schedule. We work more work in rhythms. And, that's and I like that. Maybe it's just the, my, the drummer in me that likes that idea of like the rhythm is this thing that like you kind of get into a groove. You already know what's going on. Yeah. You're not thinking about, it's not when you start playing drums and you're thinking about hitting the, the hi-hat and hitting the snare and the bass drum all at the same time. You're like, you get in the groove and you're just moving with it. That's what I'm looking for. So yeah. Awesome. What you got? Um, our next question is coming from Piano Boy. 
Bye-bye. What are some things you do soon after the school year ends to formally conclude the school year and be ready for the next year? Um, that's a great question. So I think one is it takes about, it takes me about two weeks to get out of school mode where I'm not waking up every morning and thinking, okay, what's happening today? Okay. What meetings do I have today? What kids do I have to touch base with? What, what lesson am I doing? It takes about two weeks to get out of that mindset. Um, here's the other thing though, is that I don't, I think we overestimate sometimes how long the summer is. Um, I know I do this cause I'm busy all summer doing real rapid Reynolds stuff and other things that um, I have to really plan out my summer. So I would start now. Like, what are you doing this summer, especially if the world's opening up a bit more? Um, And if you're vaccinated and you can kind of get out there, like, you know, um, or if you live in Texas, you can basically do whatever you want. Like, like, how are you taking advantage of that? Like, how are you planning that out? So I think it's being mindful of it, being mindful that it takes sometimes two weeks to kind of get out of school mode. And then what are you what time off are you spending? Um, because I really think that time off away from school with, where you're not planning, you're not actively thinking about like school, where which is is difficult for me um, because at the same time, I'm always looking at everything as a lesson. I'm always looking at everything as an opportunity. Like, oh, could I take my students here? Could I do this? Could I have that person come in? Could I have this person speak? Could we uh, I'll use this as a lesson? Oh, look at that toy that my student, my kids are playing with or like, Fort Magic, like I, I DM'd them. I didn't hear back, but I want to partner with them because I really just want to get because I can't afford their product for my classroom. But it would be rad if I had it because um, I think it would be something cool for my students. That's something that's tactile. Anyway, um, and then building in times when you're going to uh, take off, and then other times when when is it going to be game on? So when does the school year start? How much earlier than the school year starting do I want to start thinking and planning and dreaming about the year? I think putting all those, it's back to putting all those things in the schedule makes them happen. I constantly say to my wife, what is the worst time of the day? Oh, uh, later. Later. Mm-hmm. I hate later. <laughs> right? Unless it's a plan, right? If we go, when, when are we going to do this? I don't know. Let's just do it later, later today. And it's like, cause then it's not on the schedule. But if we say later today, let's do it around two o'clock or let's do it even after dinner, something like that. Okay. I have a, a time a, that it's going to happen or let's just do it tomorrow. Tomorrow never happens, right? It's like, has to be on the schedule for me to get it done. And so that's what I think. Um, before you do your next question, I see you're doing, you're texting someone. I want to say, um, so two weeks ago, we gave away uh, three books to principals. This is something I want to do again, but I'm going to. Um, well, for teachers to give their principles. Yeah. Yes. This was like for teachers to give their principles a book. Um, uh, Krista Marie, if you're on here, we uh, check your messages on Facebook. We sent you a message to kind of just get your contact information because you were one of the winners and we want to be able to send that book for your principal. So just let us know. Um, and to that end, I do want to do another giveaway. I don't know if we should do it today. Maybe we can. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to figure out a way to get to a giveaway this week, but um, but I have a meeting about that on Tuesday too. Um, what I want to do is just remind folks too, is that right now we're actually, because the world's opening up, because some districts are going to be going back fully in person next year, um, we're starting to schedule uh, speaking engagements for the summer. So like if your school is doing, has people come in and speak for PD or for keynotes or for do, to do professional developments um, and you're interested, like you like what you experience every week you you show up every sunday you've read the book you like the youtube videos um you know your school's there's a good chance they might use some of my youtube videos anyway so why not just have your, your boy come and speak so you can just hit us up right at realrapwithreynolds.com there's a contact sheet on there it goes right to my email Edie will respond immediately or like respond to that and like coordinate that with your school um so just let us know if you're interested in that um there's so aside from that if you want a lot of schools do summer reading and they'll have like teachers read books. I know we do this every year. And then we go back and we have book groups about it. If your school orders a bulk order of books, um, which can be, any, that could be 15 books. Um, I will show up for your book study also. And, and I have that conversation with you. If you're close, I'll do that in person. If it's far away, I can do that virtually. Um, so j- just to be mindful, that's another thing that we're just trying to help folks out to, to uh, create real PD. Uh, I, I dislike PD as much as other people. So, so why not get in the business of doing PD that I, that I like or that I'm excited about? 
You over there texting? Well, you hitting up? no, I'm commenting back to Stephanie. She said, is the, is the giveaway on the schedule? And I said, nope. That's, no, why, it's we, not on the, that's, that's why I said no to That's him. why she just said no. Because I do. Look, as much as I like things on the schedule. I just want to say Edie texted and was like, no, immediately. I no. was like, I also like moving with the spirit. Like, I feel like sometimes something's put on your heart to do. And you don't know who's that's out there. True. You don't know who right now is like, you know, whose principal could use a boost. Like, I think that's, the, yeah, man. Talk about lonely position. As much crap yeah. as we give admin, what a lonely position that is. There's nobody well, there's else. between a rock and a hard place, right? They it's have to listen to the board and the and... buck stops with you. It's like being the CEO of a company. There's nobody else. I, I just feel like that's that's can be a really lonely place when you're there. Mm. What you got, dude? Oh, oh, gosh. This goes well with Stephanie's question. Let's she says, it. due to retirement and assignment changes, I will by default, be the new PLC lead for our subject slash grade level. Any suggestions on how to be a good leader as a second year, as a second year next year? Yeah. Um, I think, gosh, where do I start with this one? Um, Steph, I think that teachers should be experts in leadership, uh, period. I don't think that it's something that they, they teach you in school, that teachers are oftentimes thought to be followers um, and they follow the curriculum, they follow the standards, they follow the direction of the leadership that's in the school. Um, but teachers are people of influence, 100%. You're leaders not only of your students, but of your staff. And so I think that when we start thinking about things like the fact that we are leaders, it'll really, really help. Um, so I think, you know, two things that I really think are important are listening, like giving, creating a safe space for teachers to, to share what they're thinking and feeling what's going on. Um, and then it's also a place of empowerment. It's trying to connect people with resources, letting folks know that they're not alone. Um, that's really important too. Uh, if I was going to recommend a book and you can even find YouTube's YouTube videos on this, um, John Maxwell wrote a book called the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And it's really good. It's broken up into sizable chunks. So if you're starting like like at the beginning of your leadership journey, this is a book that I just finished, but I thought like some of it, so much of it, I already knew because I'd read so many other books on leadership, but I thought as I was reading this, like, man, like I was literally just thinking this uh, last week before my class. So I'm in a, uh, I take a leadership uh, course also, but like we were reading it for my course and I just thought like, damn, like this is such a good place to start. Um, and John Maxwell is amazing. Um, so that's what I would do. I would think about um, what are you like, how are you going to create space for people to just like say, hey, what's going on? How are you thinking? How are you feeling? What's going on this week? Giving people that space is so important. Letting folks know that they're never alone, that you'll ride with them no matter what, that they're, they're that you've, you've got them. And then I think reading something by John Maxwell is a really great space to start in. Good answer. Cool. Um, Taylor Garcia is asking, as a young new teacher, my imposter syndrome really flares. As a longtime teacher, is this something natural that you continue to struggle with or with, or at some point um, you have a piece as a professional? Uh, Taylor, I, this, man, this is a great question. I think imposter syndrome is, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever get away from it on some level. So yeah, I feel it. Um, I mean, bro, like when I think about when, I, you know, it's the story I tell myself, Let, let's start there. It's the story I'm telling myself that bothers me. Sometimes it's either a story of empowerment or it's a story of like me, like, uh, of self-deprecation. We're like, when I think about like the fact that I didn't start teaching till I was 27. Right. So there's a, there's a pot like, right. I could go either way with this. Didn't start teaching until I was 27. I was in community college for like the friggin' Van Wilder stint when I was there because I just didn't know how to learn. I had to figure it out before I went to a four-year school. Then I go to a four-year school in Jersey that no one ever heard of unless you live in New Jersey. Um, then I start teaching at 27 when everybody else I'm teaching with is 22. And at that age, that feels like a huge difference. And then um, I'm in the classroom and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm, like, like why would anybody listen to me? Like, and now... I teach across the hall from Harvard University at Harvard University and University of Pennsylvania. And like, it's all these like, like all stars that, that I like Not teach like master, in the building. Master of Eds. Yeah. Masters of Ed and doctorates. And like, it's like, it's really 
you know, but, and then I have the audacity to go out there and make a YouTube channel to write a book, to like, to like think that I have something to say in this conversation. Uh, speaking of Alex Kajitani, you just text me, but I'm going to turn that around. It's going to distract me. Um, <laughs> get back to you in a moment, Alex. Um, it is that sort of thing that like really is a punch in the gut, right? That like halts me up. Here's the thing that I'm going to say that wins it every time. This is the this is the get behind the devil moment right here. Is the work is too important for me to be feeling like that. That education is always only ever about students. It's not about me anyway. It's not about how good I am. It's not about how dope my classroom is. It's not about like it's not about like my like any awards or acclaim or compliments or, or and none of that stuff. I show up every day to do my best because of kids. I show up early. I get up early for you. I get up early and you go through this whole routine and the exercise and all the stuff that I'm doing because I've been given a job to do. And so it's like, I can show up and do that job crappy, but I really feel like the work that I've been given to do is, is missional and that this is what I've been given to do. So who am I to say that this isn't important? Because the person you are is going to show up for a kid that needs you. The, the Mr. Garcia that the kids show up for, it's like, no. Not all teachers, right? I don't care what your, your educational level is. You can be community college like me. You could be Harvard University doctorate degree. There is going to be a kid that is going to sometimes they're going to gravitate towards someone else. And that's their person. That's their teacher. That's their mentor. That's someone that they, that they need. Sometimes it's you. And who are you to tell a kid? No, you should probably go across the hall and see someone else, right? It is that important? Um, what is this? Oh, this is uh, I bought this because of that reason. Athena Singh. We just bought this yesterday. It's a plaque that says, never trust your fears. They don't know your strengths. Bam. So it is that idea of, maybe we should cut that price tag off. Um, it is that I idea. I not it up yet. I just got it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is that idea that like, you know, when I get occasionally get trashed online for who I am, for cultural appropriation, for whatever people think they know about me. They don't know my story. They think they know about me. Um, it is uninformed bias that are against me. It is folks in my circle that are telling me, no, man, like my friend uh, and spiritual director, this guy, Pastor Darius Daniels, is constantly telling me, he goes, the work you're doing is too important. Your work is too important for them to get in the way. So it's like halting yourself, changing the story and going, it's too important for me to feel this this way. Um, so I'm going to note it. I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to note it. I'm going to say, I see where you are, but what I'm doing is too important. Got to focus over here. And then you get after it. That's what works every single time for me. Um, Chris Carson has a question. Uh, how much to have didn't to come Chris to Carson re Didn't he already <laughs> ask? I don't know. Wait, to come to his. Um, Chris, it's, uh, we can, let's work a deal. Right? We can figure out a deal. Uh, can you I mean, email us? Yeah. <laughs> are there dinners involved? I mean, like, what's going on here? Um, um, okay. Speaking of dinners, cooking with rummage is the next question. Oh, fantastic. Uh, his name is Oh, Jay. wait, we know this guy. I've seen this dude on uh, on the gram or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Jay. Uh, he is asking, when I get the kids in the kitchen of my culinary class, they focus, but I still have a few kids that can't with each other and lose focus. How can I fix that tomfoolery besides banishing them? Part two is, how do you teach kids that are getting in trouble in other classes or aren't making good choices? Um, I think this is a great question. I, you know, I had, here's, here's what I had to come. Let, let me say this because they don't know the particularities of the, of the students or what they're talking about, what they're doing. Here's a piece of advice I gave to someone yesterday. Uh, I'm on the phone with the mentor, with the mentee and, uh, they, so we do like these, these hour long calls, people sign up for them on the website. And then like we do, um, like calls with folks. And so I'm on the phone with this person yesterday and they say, I have a kid in my class that's constantly, dis the example I used earlier was actually from that, dismantling their pen in class. They do no work, but they constantly dismantle their pen and then they make different weapons out of it so they can like shoot things across the classroom or whatever. And I thought, I mean, it's kind of smart. It, it, so what I said to her was like, I said, what if you went over and asked the kid like, Yo, what are you doing? Um, and if they say like, no, you know, the answer is going to be nothing. No, I'm not doing nothing. It's like, no, really, like, what are you doing? Like, how are you, like, how are you, con how are you conceptualizing uh, weapon making 
out of what you're doing. And then maybe talk to them about like other, like maybe not like weaponizing their pen, but like what are other, like, so what they're doing is MacGyvering their pen. So like I said, what if you like looked up some stuff online and you like how to do weird stuff with your pen, things that concoct out of like regular items in your classroom, whether it's a staple or whatever it is. And then going in and being like, when someone's doing that saying, I see what you're doing over there. It's not the best case scenario, right? But I know a way you can make that work better. I see what you're trying to do. I know a way you can make it work better. But what I need from you is 15 minutes. If you can give me 15 minutes of focus on what we're doing, I'm going to show you how to make that better. So what you're doing is you're incentivizing their time, right? You're, you're, you're asking them for their time, but in exchange for something else. And that exchange is not a great. What you're asking, telling them you'll do is like, hey, if you do this, I'll give you this. And I do this in class all the time where if I know students have YouTube channels and I'll look at, they'll be like, oh, you know, subscribe. Reynolds, like, come check out my YouTube channel. I have one too. I'll go check out their YouTube channels and I'll say like, hey, look, I'll give you five tips on how to make your YouTube channel better if you just do this. And I'll say, and, and, or um, their like art for their header might be whack or something like that. Or it's something that they got, like they just Google image search something and it's not personalized. And I'll say, if you get me, this grade on the vocab test. If I get this much percentage of the work done this week, I'll have my wife custom make you header art, which takes my wife like no time at all. Um, but it's like, it's leaning into the thing they're doing. So maybe going over, finding out what they're talking about, what they're screwing around about, what they're into, and then incentivizing like, why is your class important? Bro, like, if, like if, are we talking girls? Are we talking boys? Are we talking like how, you know, you want to win someone over? Yo, let me show you how to make this real quick thing. Have your boys over at like have the girl over that you like. And like, we're going to make this meal and I'm going to show you how to, it's going to take you 10 minutes and you're going to, be, it'll be like memorable, right? Like it's doing something along those lines. I think the way that you deal with kids that constantly get in trouble in other classes, because the worst as teachers, right? One of the worst things they get, you have an eighth period. They got in trouble for seven periods that day and you got back cleanup all of a sudden, right? It's like, come on, bro. It's like, now I got to dig out all this. I let kids know a couple of things. One, I want you to know, I don't care what happened today. I didn't read the read-up, read the write-ups. I didn't talk to the other teachers. I don't care why you got in trouble. I saw you in the corner, saw you in the office. I don't care. In my class, you start fresh, bro. So come in, get a piece of candy or something, take a walk, go get a drink, like, you know, like shake it off, shake the dust off your feet and like show up. I'm doing a lot of Bible references today, but like um, it's uh, show up and you can just be who you are. Um, and I tell kids all the time, like, look, not for nothing. What if this was your best class of the day? What if, you know, if you want to say it's the teachers, it's the teachers that get me in trouble. It's the teacher. They're the reason, right? Like you want to put the blame on them, bro. Then I'm showing you that. I'm willing to do anything to help you find success. So go ahead and make that about me. But if you really, really want to make, like focus some, some attention on some places that there might need some attention, like maybe some teachers aren't pulling their weight. Maybe it's not going right. Like, what if this was just your best class? What if I could show up in that meeting that they had the meeting about you and everyone's like, yo, he doesn't do any work. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do this. Doesn't do this. And I can show up and be like, no, he's great. In my class every day he just comes in and like, he gets right to work and he helps me do stuff. He helps me prep stuff. Make that kid feel, make them feel it, not just know it, feel it, that this is the place where you can find success. I don't care what happens everywhere else. I don't care what you think you know about yourself. I'm telling you this class is for you. And I think doing that and then maybe empowering those students were like, I have no idea how culinary class works. I went to a vocational school and I took woodshop all the time, but like, um, it is putting kids in position of power. So like, are they in charge of inventory? Are they in charge of handing out supplies? Are they in charge of like making sure people are cleaning up? Are they in charge of organizing something? Like I've had times where like kids have had a drawer in my room and the kid with wild ADHD that can't sit down, can't focus ever. It's like, here's your drawer. Everything's completely labeled. There's outlines of every single single thing. Like it's a, like it's a tool wall in your, in your workshop. Um, you're in charge of this. This has got to be on point every day. You're in charge of all this. So if someone needs something, you're in charge of giving it to them. You're in charge of getting it back. You're in charge of making sure that it's been put back the same exact way. And that was my dude's job, 
right? And then that's how he he was allowed to sit at my desk. He's like in charge of something, right? So now you took someone from being down here to putting them in power. And I think that that is always a way to, to make kids feel their worth, not just know their worth, not just hear you say what their worth is, but they feel it in their heart because you're, you're, you're giving them power and responsibility. What you got? This is trash. Um, our next question comes from Manoic. I think is that how we, you know? we are, we I know. constantly is, is as the O in book. I'm still not getting, I'm so slow. I'm telling you what, everybody, I am doing, uh, um, a reading program with Brody for his dyslexia yeah. at home. And it's called all about reading. And I am learning so much myself because I struggle really bad with vowels and whatnot. Um, and I'm just learning so much about vowels. So I'm going to go back and work on that one later myself. But anyway, she's asking, I recently started the process of being diagnosed with ADHD slash ADD. Not sure which one yet. Would you tell your students about this? I'm not sure. Heck yeah. Um, can we switch that out? Oh, yeah. Uh, Cooking with Rummage also, I believe he has a YouTube channel. Uh, you should check that out if you have an opportunity. Um, I think he has a YouTube channel. I, I feel like we're talking about the right dude. Anyway, um, I constantly tell my students about these things. I think that students think that oftentimes teachers are teachers because they're just we're good in school or because we're you know, we love reading. Like all I do is read all the time, guys. Like, all I do is I just go home and do equations. Um, <laughs> and students need to know more than that. They need to know that you have struggles in your life, that you deal with things. And, and you know, there's maybe a, a balance of that. Like you don't want to like, you're not going in and telling them like this weekend. First of all, can we just talk about my girlfriend this weekend and how she aggravated me and how it touched this part of my life because I'm deficient in uh, self-love. And so like, it's something I'm working mm -hmm. on and like, let's not go yeah, there. Like, all right, this isn't like a freaking, you know, wine night with the, with the girls or the boys out on, on the streets. Um, but I think that when I talk to my students about how I mess up when I read aloud, like I don't do well reading. I'm an English teacher and I do not do well reading aloud because I have because of my ADD and because of my dyslexia, right? Like it is my inability to, to not focus, like to just focus on the words when I know I have to kind of be focused on students. Also, it's something that I struggle with, right? That I know that I can't walk around the room and read at the same time. I got to stay still. I got to focus and I have to read. Um, I let kids know that sometimes when it gets, when I really can't focus, I read with my finger. And I know that they tell, told me in first and through third grade that I should read with my finger, but guess what? It's the only way I can it's focus now. It's like, I read with my <laughs> finger. Jim Quick says it's a lie. I read with my finger. I have a big pink piece of paper that I use for Brody underneath. I yeah. want to get one of those line dividing things. That you can yeah. It really them. helps me mm -hmm. do that stuff. And so it is, um, being open and honest with your students, because I think sometimes it makes them feel like they're not alone. It makes them feel like they weren't the only ones. It makes like, when I tell kids that like, I got bullied, like my whole ninth grade year, I got beat up every day. I didn't get, and let me, let me re, like say that again. I didn't get in fights every day. I got my ass beat every day of ninth grade. Right. Um, I didn't go to the bathroom at school for 10 months. Like the whole time we were in school, I was afraid. And I went to like, admittedly, I went to, um, and this is like what, what everyone said on the streets, uh, was that I went to the worst high school in South Jersey, the most difficult, uh, like difficult high school in, in South Jersey, um, in the early nineties. And so like, there were no doors on the bathroom stalls. There were no mirrors. And I, I tell my students this every year, man, like, because I want them to know that, like, even if you're dealing with adversity, even if you're dealing with that kind of hardship, that kind of like abuse every day like it grew into somebody right like by my senior year of high school i loved high school because i figured out a way for me to not only survive but thrive through high school like i tell them about my crappy jobs that i've worked i tell them about like losing my parents when i was young i talk about like things that are going on because i think that what that does is empower students it is real life kind of starting from the bottom or, or being the underdog or not having much expected of you or whatever it is, right. Or, or dealing with just learning differences. Um, and then owning that and then growing out of that pain. Um, I think it's, but it, if you don't know, if you, if you, it, you know, it's that, it's that Tupac song, you know, the, the rose that grew from concrete. It is, if we don't tell kids that that's an anomaly, Roses don't grow from concrete all the time. Then the kids are just going to go around thinking roses grow from concrete. Oh, yeah, that just happens. 
no, bro, this was hard won. Like, like, let me share some of my struggle because it's going to empower you. That's the bottom line. Erica is asking, I would like to teach my science students how to critically think about what they read online rather than starting from scratch. Do you have any suggestions for resources already made? Um, I don't. Oh, gosh, off the top of my head. Uh, so let me let me ask the group. Uh, community. Um, Aaron Brecka is asking this particular question. If anyone can repeat back to this or, or, or speak to this idea that, like, are there on are there are there resources already made for helping kids think critically about what's online? Um, that would be great. What we do in class is a little bit more organic than that. It is having the conversation. It's it's teaching kids where to get good information from, but then like having them work through that uh, and and just practice that critical thinking model. I think too too many times, my my sense is that students equate critical thinking with school and. Critical thinking is everything. It's everywhere. It's all the time. It's it's your it's looking at your life and making decisions, uh, deep deep level thinking decisions about your life and the things that are going on in your community and the things that like are happening in the news and the things that happened with your dad when you were a little kid. Like it's constantly exercising that muscle. Um, so that's why we journal every day. I have kids like just talk about sometimes silly stuff, sometimes meaningful stuff, sometimes would you rather, sometimes um, what if, sometimes what's a time in your life that this happened? It's getting kids constantly <clears throat> to exercise that muscle up that one, I'm important and what I say, think, and feel is important. And two, um, how am I thinking through things? Uh, that like, just because someone says something online doesn't mean it's true, right? No, I saw it online. Like, no, Reynolds. The world's going to end at this time. Um, Reynolds, did you know that like eggs are bad for you? Bro, what? What are you talking about? I eat eggs every single morning. It's like my jam is eggs. Like, what are you talking about? And so it's constantly getting kids to critically think about things. Are, I mean, health we talk about constantly in my class for some reason. Um, and the idea of like, you know, it's, it's getting kids to do that. So I don't know that there's an online resource, uh, but I see people putting stuff in the in the chat. So uh, that is a good one for the Facebook group, I think, too. Like, uh, go to the Facebook group and put that question in there. I feel like you'll get a lot of responses. I put in last week, um, got a I got a ton of responses on uh, a friend of mine from school was asking me, um, who's in, in the group also, uh, the what do you like, how are we, how can we annotate in the digital world? Like, so as literature teachers, we used to have kids just write in the margins of the books or have posted notes or something like that. We can't do that anymore. So how do you do that in the digital world? And it blew up that. And uh, what are resources for, for young people to an, uh, animate things mm. like animation programs? Mm. And I got a ton on that one too. So it's really, mm. it's spectacular. Okay. Our next question is coming from, and thank you so much for your pronunciation. I don't know if you did that or Edie did that. Yanadra. I think I got it. Okay. Yanadra is asking, most of my students are receptive to talking about racism. Others choose to stay silent and not intervene. Any advice concerning talking about these heavy topics in class? So, gosh, it's such a good, good question, too. We're, we have some really great stuff today. Mm -hmm. I think, one, um, talk, talking about things like racism, talking about things like uh, anything that's happening in the news, right? So like whether it was like the this awful, awful shooting of all these Asian women that happened like a week or two ago, it is whether it's talking about Black Lives Matter, whether it's talking about Me Too, whether it's talking about um, like just like white privilege, like whatever whatever's coming up, right? Whatever's happening in the moment, um, being able to fully address these things and communicate these things with students is so important. And so I think sometimes, first of all, let me just, first of all, applaud you for having these conversations. It is not easy to do this for a lot of teachers. A lot of folks reach out to me. We made a video after the, um, when the Capitol building was taken over in Washington, D.C., I made a video like in response to that immediately because I knew I was going to get a lot of questions from folks that were, that, or, or I already had a sense from talking to people that like, they weren't going to talk about that the next day. They weren't going to create space with it because they weren't sure, like they didn't want their political ideals to 
like students that feel like they were pushing something that they were trying to push their agenda, that this is like going against what other people, it's just mean you're leftist and you're trying to push all the kids to the left or you're from the right and you're trying to push kids to the right. It has nothing to do with any of that crap. Um, and there are parents and there are people in the educational space that think we shouldn't be having these conversations and they're wrong. Um, as long as you're doing it the right way, right? So there is a wrong way. And there, I think there are folks that are that are unfortunately trying to push their agenda about whatever it is, wh whether that's creation versus evolution. There's all kinds of that stuff, right? But if I know, first and foremost, that education is only ever about students, right? It gives me the courage to do it. Two, if we're doing this all the time, like back to that previous question, it's we are having these conversations all the time, not just about race, but about gun ownership about the you know and look choose your own adventure right like like you don't have to, anything i'm about to say don't feel like you have to have these conversations with your students i'm saying what comes up in my classroom what we get into legalization of marijuana um why are drugs in general illegal um what do i how do i feel about or what do we think about or what do, what's going on with um gang violence or why are people in gangs or um shootings uh, kids going to jail, uh, kids that have died, kids like the foster care system, um, like LGBTQ community and like their place in society. A lot of times we get into that with regards to hip hop music, because that's something that is like really absent in hip hop music. Um, like tons of stuff about hip hop music, about pop culture, about the Kardashians, whatever it is the kids are talking about, right? You are creating a safe space for students to explore and express how they think and feel. And when we can do that constantly on a regular basis, when something happens like this awful shooting of all of these women that were killed because they were Asian, this isn't like a, like a special moment. This isn't like a super special after school program. This isn't like when different strokes all of a sudden was like fun. And it's like, even though there was tons of stuff we could talk about there, right? Like rich white dude adopting, like for those of you that remember different strokes, when Mr. Drummond adopted two young black men after their mother was killed and their dad, like either wasn't around or he died or something like that. There's a whole conversation that could happen there. Right. But then it was a fun loving kind of silly, which talking about Willis TV show. And then every once in a while they'd be like, Oh, let's make a really weird episode about child molestation. Bro. What? What? Like now you made it weird. I'm not used to this. But when it, if the show was about dealing with those topics all the time, it wouldn't be a big deal. So what we're doing in our class is we're not trying to have the one-off child molestation uh, episode. We're talking about these things constantly when they're big, when they're little, because things in kids' hearts, even though it's not everyone's deal, right? Now, even though it's not the, the topic of the day, it's important to them, to them and to their hearts and to their lives. So you're constantly having these conversations. And I just think that that's important. And what you're doing, like I always say, you're facilitating, not dictating conversations. You're creating safe spaces for kids to become active listeners, to let them know their opinion matters. And some kids are just not going to speak up, but they're there. They're around it. They're seeing how it works. Some kids, it takes them a longer time to process. So when we ask, yo, what, did you guys see this in the news yesterday? This is crazy. This thing that happened. What are you guys thinking about it? How are you feeling about it? Like, yo, someone got shot down the street from the school. Any, did anyone know that person? Is anyone kind of feeling any sort of way about that? Some kids can show up and they got answers right away. Other kids are like, it's stewing. It's cooking. It takes, they're, they're a slower burn. It doesn't mean it's any less. It just takes them more time to kind of do that. Or they want to hear what everyone's saying before they want to execute and say something. And so sometimes school doesn't create that space for them to be able to do that right away. But just know that like, what we're doing here is planting seeds and some seeds grow quickly and some seeds take much longer time to kind of formulate. doesn't mean that the flower is any less beautiful. It just means that sometimes morning glories grow like rapid fire, but some flowers, you don't see those things till August and September sometimes. So it's like knowing that um, kind of what you're dealing with there, but fantastic that you're even having those conversations. It's a really scary thing for a lot of people to do. Um, and for a lot of different reasons, because you're white and you're teaching black kids and you're talking about race because you're whoever and you have two black kids in the classroom of all white students. And it's like, hey, are we going to talk about Black Lives Matter and make these two students feel uncomfortable? There's a lot of things there. 
But when you're constantly creating that community that is working through this stuff, I mean, it's game on then. Then then, then those moments come up and it's like, you're going to talk to your kids about this? Hell yeah, we talk about everything else. Why would we stop now? Like, this is like, this is what we've been, this is, we've been exercising the muscle so we can execute when these things come up and, and really get into it and, and help kids to process their feelings. And that's what we're doing. Long answer, short question. That's it. Good? Yeah. All right, cool. That's a good place to end. Um, again, real quick. If our friend, Krista Marie, could, uh, just take a look at your Facebook message. Let us know where you live. We'll get you that stuff immediately. Uh, you won the, the book for your principal. Um, and then, uh, look, gang, this is the beginning of, like, whether you're coming back from spring break, whether you're going on the spring break, right? It is so much about... Uh, reframing this end of the school year, right? How could this be awesome? What if this was awesome? I I really went without, I'm going to tell you a couple of ways that I'm doing this, right? I really went without having speakers come in this year um, because I wasn't sure that it was going to be the move. I wasn't getting attention from the students. I didn't like the fact that someone was going to come in. It was all these black squares. They couldn't see the kids' faces, all this stuff. Um, a couple of weeks ago, because I'm part of this new, I'm doing this competition with Vans called the Vans Custom Culture Competition with my students. Um, this dude came in called Timmy Ham. He has a YouTube channel. You should check it out. It's really awesome. Uh, oh. Timmy Ham came in and spoke to my students, and it was awesome. Like it went so well. So like that night, I was like, who else could come in? So now I got this dude Michael Chernow, who is uh, started a restaurant in New York City called the Meatball Shop, um, and he just did a really. He has a, a podcast called born or made that he just did a really great episode with uh rob deerdeck from uh ridiculousness that i really loved so i reached out to him i was like hey man would you ever consider like coming and speaking to my students like this is what it would look like blah 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 yeah man dude this sounds awesome i'd love to do this it really is like firing me up for the rest of the school year because it's like those little things happening turn into bigger things and bigger things and bigger things and get me what you're doing is you're living in that energy flow of like possibility instead of like just feeling crushed by the year like what could i do and just you know so that's what i implore you to do it's like just keep imagining keep dreaming as my son always says keep on using your imagination that is this tagline i, I missed a so, question i'm sorry Poor daisy. Had, that was so dialed in and then like no let's go come on what's daisy and got it's going a great on? question she awesome. says hi i'm so i'm a sub in college oh. and about to start student teaching my admin asked me to stop focusing on social emotional teaching. I tried to have a conversation about COVID and got in trouble. Uh, oh, that's terrible. I'm really sorry. Daisy, first of all, that is terrible. And especially at, like when you're just getting in the game. Um, look, I mean, I don't know what that's about. That like, like right here, like in your two sentences or whatever, like it sounds ridiculous. Um, so, but, okay. Don't even worry about that. She tried to have a conversation about COVID and got in trouble. Cause you don't know the specifics yeah. about that. Answer the question about like, what would you do if your admin told you to stop focusing on social and emotional? Teachers, I wouldn't listen to which that. We know that's wrong. And look, and let me say this too, Daisy. I, I don't and, know you. I don't know your new, school. So I don't I'm, know what that looks like. I don't know how you're doing it, but my gut is like, what are you talking about? Like school's not just for learning and it's not just for learning textbooks. It's not just for learning facts and figures and processes and, and all that stuff. Um, it is about learning how you learn, right? It's about learning how to work through things. It's about learning how to, it's just so much, there's so much more to it, right? And, I, and, and it's not our job to, to, to be parents for kids, but kind of, right? Like, like I realize there's a line there, like, um, but I'm going to cross it sometimes, right? Like I won't do laundry for my kids. Like that was like my least favorite commercial last year was when they were like, we're giving washers and dryers, whirlpools. Like we're giving washers and dryers to schools so they can wash your students' clothes. It's like, what, what? I'm not washing my kids' clothes. Like bro, wash your clothes. Um, but if I have a kid that comes in dirty all the time, guess what I'm doing? Washing their clothes. But if I have a kid that comes in with ripped jeans, I'm buying them new ones. If I have someone that shows up because they were had to walk to school in the rain, now their shit's all soaking wet, take it down to the dryer and dry it for them, give them something else to wear while they're while that's happening. I do it all the time. Um, I think it is my here's what my gut tells me. Social emotional work always needs to be done. 
It is not necessarily digging things up and making kids dig deep all the time, but it's creating space in a journal entry. You make it look like it's part of the curriculum. It's not even like I'm, I'm doing it subversively. It's like it's part of the curriculum. The do now is a check-in on how you do it, right? The journal entry is how you thinking or feeling about this. The, the, the questions, the way to get kids to care about anything in class is to be able to know that they know why they're doing it. So reading the most dangerous game, like we did like the last over the last two weeks, is connecting the most dangerous game to your life. When we do that, when a book connects to your life in some way, shape, or form, it takes on a new life. And now it's something that's actually exciting because I could put myself in the shoes of this individual. So I think to me, it's not having like social emotional day. Like we have these days, we have these initiatives, we have these moments, these meetings, the stuff that goes on. But when that's happening, right back to my other point, when that's happening, it kids are far less likely to engage because it's not a trusted space. It's not a trusted individual. But when I'm doing, um, when I'm focusing on it on some micro level, even every single day, it's like, Oh yeah, we always talk about thoughts and feelings in here. Like, of course, of course we would do this. This is what we do. I think that that's the move um, when we're working through stuff like that. So, uh, and look, I mean, some of it, like maybe you got to learn to like, there's like a level of like learning how to play the game and deal with certain admin and certain schools. Cause you're not really sure where you're going to end up. Um, but I think I would have maybe I, maybe I'd have that conversation with like some of your professors some other people from the school that maybe you trust, some other students that you're going to school with, like without going into it like you know, but just saying like, hey, look, this is something that, that I came up. I'm inquisitive. Like I, I turn it into a discussion all the time, right? It's where it's like, I'm, I'm curious as to how, why this is not a good idea, like why they would be pushing this. And you might get far more insight from people that are actually in the know in those moments too. Um, cool? Yep, now we can end. All right, gang, that's it. We're done. Um, if you need to just know that we are on, we're everywhere, man. If you need anything from us, you can hit us up on all the, the regular social networks. You can sign up for the newsletter, um, right at, uh, real You can go over and get merch at real for real, for real, for real, get merch. Um, oh, hooray, it, all yeah, works. it all works. So people were asking me like, where do they get bubble microphones from? Where do you get like hands on a stick Hands on a stick, uh, where you get this shirt? Like this is all stuff that people asked us to have made. So we've made it and now it's available. Um, and that's it. I hope that you have a great week. I hope that you're coming back from spring break is friggin' awesome. You feel rejuvenated, rested and ready. And if you're going on spring break, I hope that is the greatest spring break of your life. And Lord knows you deserve it. Um, that's it, right? Yeah. Cool. Let's play. Uh, let's play this funny little clip this was based on the uh, ghostbusters movie i mean oh, i think it was lopez said something funny about it i just love it it's my boy snacks and my boy dj dirty kev and we made this commercial together and i just love when snacks says sleepy kid sleepy kid <laughs> sleepy it's like that every time i'm gonna crack myself up with it right now see you next week oh no actually see you in two yes two we're taking next week off for, for sunday, easter sunday easter. we won't be here um but we'll be back the week after that see you then peace <laughs>